0: I'm going to share with you today about the attitude of gratitude. What is thanksgiving about? It is about giving thanks. But there's an attitude, and this is an attitude that we try to instill in our children. And and please let me say something, Um, an attitude is the way we think. And the way we think actually um, will release things in our lives or bind things in our lives very important if we have an attitude of gratitude or not. And I'm going to show you what the opposite of gratitude is. I asked several people this this week. I said, what's the opposite of gratitude? I got great, you know, responses. My son said, ungratitude. Yes, yeah, so said, that's good. Um, but, you, you know, we try to instill this in our kids, don't we? And our parents tried to instill this. Now, personally, I think that my parents um, exaggerated about how bad their life was. My dad had to walk to school. How many of your dads had to walk to school in the snow, uphill, both ways? My dad, on the way home from school, one time killed a bear with his loose-leaf notebook. No, it's true, it's true. uh, and, And one year for Christmas, all he got was a peanut. And he was grateful, and I was grateful. I remember one time saying to my grandfather, I, um, what was it like the year Dad only got a peanut? Oh, that never happened, he said. And then I'm thinking about how are our grandkids going to instill gratitude, you know? What stories are they, they didn't, they don't walk to school, so what are they going to tell? They're going to say, you kids, you know, you get on your jetpacks and ride off to school. And, <laughs> you know, we had BMWs, and we were grateful, you know, so... I, <laughs> I've noticed that I I just finished this series on giving, on the blessed life. Uh, Giving, operating and giving is what has shown me the opposite of gratitude. Because when you give to someone, you get one of two responses. One is gratitude. But there is another response because possessions reveal hearts. And so, let me tell you this story. you know, as we talked about, uh, we just had the announcement of if you want to give a car. I'm so proud of you because many of you have given vehicles to needy families. This is something Debbie and I have done for years. Um, I don't know how many cars we've given away at this time, but we, it's just something we like to do as the Lord blesses us and we're able to. And I remember years ago, we, were, we had a couple over for dinner, and we, we were going to give them a car. And uh, after dinner, we went out to the driveway. And this story is actually going to shock you but it's going to illustrate what I'm saying. We went out to the driveway, and I said to, we said to him, listen, we've been praying, and um, we'd like to give you this car, and gave him the keys to it. And the, the wife was ecstatic. She was elated. And in a little while, the, the wife that we gave the car to, uh, and my wife, Debbie, went back inside, and the husband and I were standing there, and he started commenting on the other car in the driveway. He started saying, Boy, that's a nice car. And I'd just given him a car. And uh, then he said to me, now you're you not even going to believe this. He said, do you think you're ever going to give that car away? And I remember I thought, not to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let me tell you what I think the opposite of gratitude is. Greed. I've noticed when I give something to someone, they're either grateful or they want more. I've noticed even we as a church, and we love to give as a church, and 99.9% of the people that we give to and help as a a church are grateful. But there are a few that we just can't do enough. They just want more. It's an attitude of gratitude, or if it's not, it's greed. And so I want to show you some passages, all right? Luke chapter 12, look at verse 13. Luke 12, verse 13. Then one from the crowd said to him, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, watch this, take heed and beware of covetousness, which is a root of greed, by the way. For, now watch this statement. This is a great verse to memorize, Luke 12, 15. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. That is a great statement. Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. Now, I just want to tell you something. Up until now, he's done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with storing your harvest. That's nothing wrong with that. Verse Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, soul, I think that's funny that, I think he was had a little bit to drink, because he, soul, <laughs> you, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. In other words, think only of yourself for the rest of your life. But God said to him, you're a fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and this is important, is not rich toward God. In other words, it's okay to to store up. Proverbs tells us to store up. We should have savings. We should have retirement. All that's fine. But you need to be generous toward God also. All right, so I want to tell you some things uh, uh, about having an attitude of gratitude. Here's number one. Stuff is just stuff. Stuff is just stuff. That's all it is. It is just stuff. And I'm telling you, God had no problem that this guy had stuff. His problem was, God's problem with this was that the stuff had him. Let me say it another way. God doesn't mind if you have stuff. He minds if stuff has you. It's the way you think about your stuff that bothered God. It's the way this guy thought about his stuff. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm going to build bigger barns. I've actually heard pastors preach against barns. Can I tell you something? God doesn't have a problem with barns. It's not barns. It's how we think about what's in the barns, okay? Matter of fact, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, honor the Lord with your possessions. We could put stuff. Honor the Lord with your stuff. And with the first fruits of all your increase, in other words, tithe, so your barns, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Joseph even built new barns during the seven good years to be able to provide for his family and for the nation, and for even other nations. So it wasn't the barns that he had a problem with, it was the way that he thought about them. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. You know, we even, I just finished a series called The Blessed Life. We even though relate God's blessings to stuff. We look at someone who has a lot of stuff, and we say, God has really blessed you. Can I say it again? Stuff is just stuff. A person who has more stuff than someone else is not more blessed than someone else. Stuff is just stuff. But we do this all the time. I have a friend of mine that um, is in the retail business. He has some retail stores here in the Metroplex. So, he had one of these Saturday sales. It, It was similar to, you know, the Black Friday, I guess. This was a few years ago. He just had a Saturday sale. Everything's on sale. And he put ads on the radio and all, and, you know, all these people came. And he had a great day at all of his stores. And so, he's driving home, and he's talking to the Lord. And he said, God, you are so awesome. You are so awesome. I made so much money today. You are so awesome. And he said, the Lord said to him, son, if you never make a dime, I'm an awesome God. Amen. My, listen to this, my awesomeness does not depend on how well your store does, son but we tend to relate it. And let me say it again, stuff is just stuff. I'm telling you the way you think about stuff will determine whether you have a heart of gratitude or a heart of greed. Here's point number two, stuff is just a test. It's just a test. God will actually give you stuff sometimes to see how you respond. What are you gonna do with your stuff? And did you know that God, listen to this, God is not only concerned about how you think about your stuff, God's concerned about how you think of other people's stuff. As a matter of fact, you remember the top 10, Deuteronomy 5 and Exodus 20, that's what God would call the top 10 list. It's God's top 10, all right? The 10 commandments. One of the top 10 has to do completely with how you think about other people's stuff. It's the 10th one. It's Deuteronomy 5.21. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey. We could say any of his stuff or anything that is your neighbor's stuff. How we think about stuff determines whether we have a heart of gratitude or not. This, this is just amazing to me. Uh, By the way, let me give you two Greek words. I know you love it when I give you Greek words. I know you do. Um, Upathumio. I know that was a a little longer, and you probably won't use it this next week. But upathumio. Upathumio is the um, Greek word for covet. Upathumio. Upathumio. See the difference? Just a little bit. Is the Greek word for Lust. Coveting is lust. Let me tell you what both of them mean. Both of them have this in the, in the upathumi part, okay? To set your heart on. To set your heart on something that is not yours. That's what covet means. That's what lust means. Now, do you know why it bothers God so much? Because something has your heart. That's what bothers him. Something has your heart, and it's stuff. Now, let me tell you a little little difference between greed and gratitude. Greed looks to people to meet its needs. Gratitude looks to God. That's why when you give something to someone, when you get a grateful response, this is a person that's looking to God, not to you. But when you get a greedy response, this is a person that's looking to you to meet his or her needs and not to God. Uh, Greed always looks to a person and that's why greed gets upset if it's not enough. Or greed gets upset if you say no. Uh, people many times will get upset because they go to someone and they ask for them to help and they say, you know, I don't feel led to. Then they get upset. The reason they get upset is because they're looking to people. Please, please, please hear me. Please hear me. If you continue to look to people to meet your needs, you'll always be disappointed. And you'll never walk in gratitude. And by the way, listen, God never provides supernaturally if we look to people. He won't do it. He only provides supernaturally when we look to Him. Um, a lady, this is a kind of a humorous story, but it's also kind of sad. A lady called the church offices here and got one of our administrative assistants on the phone and said, I just spoke with Pastor Robert, and he said for you to give me the church credit card to go buy something on just so you know, those of you that tithe here, we don't do that, okay? We don't just give the church credit card out to anybody, you know. And this administrative assistant knew that. And she said, "Um, Pastor Robert told you that? She said, yep, I just talked to Pastor Robert. And he said, for y'all to give me the church credit card so I can go buy some clothes or something. I forgot what it was. And uh, this administrative assistant said, well, Pastor Robert's on a plane right now. And the person said, well, how do you know that? And the administrative assistant said, well, because he's my dad. (laughs) It was my daughter. Here's the point. Where was she looking to get her needs met? She's looking to people, looking to the church. Even when you look to the church, that's not looking to God. And I'm not saying this because we've had this rush or something. I'm simply trying to, this attitude that when we look to people, it's the wrong attitude. And stuff is simply a test of where are we going to look for our provision. Now here's number three. Gratitude is passing the stuff test. Gratitude is passing the stuff test. Now, remember, stuff is the test. That's the test, how we think about stuff, whether it's our stuff or someone else's stuff. And now, go to Deuteronomy 8, and we're going to read a long passage. I actually thought, well, you know, um, should we take the time to read this long passage? And I thought, yes. You know, and then I got thinking, okay, let's see what I'm thinking. Should we take the time to read the Bible in church? (laughs) Yes, I think we should. So, I just want you to know it's a long passage, but I want you to stay with me, all right? It's very, very important. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Everybody there? Deuteronomy 8, 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. I just want to make a few comments throughout this. God has a land for every person to possess, all right? Verse 2, and you shall remember. I want you to remember the word, remember, okay? Remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. Now, he's going to give two reasons now that God takes any of us through wilderness, and God does take his people through wilderness. You don't just end up there. God takes people through the wilderness. Now, you do determine how long you get to stay there. But God will take you there. But he's going to give you two out of three. I'll show you the third reason later. Here are the first two. Uh, All these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. To know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So, he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. Just want you to notice, your Bible says God allowed you to hunger. He allowed it, because it's a test. And fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. This is a scripture Jesus quoted in Matthew 4. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, of the Lord. In other words, who are you looking to, people or God, to meet your needs? Your garments did not wear out on you. Now, let me just say something for a moment. I don't know whether some people would see not getting a new outfit in 40 years a blessing. But are you grateful that your garments have lasted this long? Or would you rather have something new? All right, let's move on. Nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart, now watch this carefully, that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. In other words, God will correct you in love. Therefore, you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. And then verses 7 through 10 talk about the land that he's taking them into. Go down now to verse 11. Beware that you do not forget. Remember the word forget. Forget. Remember, forget. Remember, forget. Forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up and you forget... I'm just, I'm letting you know the key here to walking in gratitude. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. In other words, God brought us out of the bondage of sin. Who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which were fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water. Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock. Who fed you in the wilderness of manna, which your fathers did not know. Now here are the three reasons. He's going to give you a third reason that God takes anyone through wilderness that he might humble you, that he might test you, now watch this one, this is a good one, to do you good in the end. To do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, now remember this started with beware, that you don't forget. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth, and you shall remember, the second time we've seen the word remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Remember where you came from. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about greed, and then we'll wrap up, all right? There are two spirits that cause greed. And these two spirits are constantly talking to us. These are the two spirits, pride and poverty. Pride is trying to get you to think more of your stuff than you should. Poverty is trying to get you to feel guilty for your stuff. But listen to me, they're both wrong because their focus is still on stuff. This happens constantly. Someone pulls up beside us in a less expensive car and pride says, i probably make more than he does. Someone pours, pulls up in a more expensive car and poverty says, that's a waste. I don't know why people do something like that. The guy's just not a good steward. (laughs) But the focus is always on our stuff compared to someone else's stuff. Can I say it again? Stuff is just stuff. And stuff is just a test. How I think about my stuff and how I think about your stuff will determine whether I walk with an attitude of gratitude. And pride and poverty are always us. Listen, I've seen rich people who have spirits of pride and poverty. I've seen poor people who have spirits of pride and poverty. And I've seen people, most people, have them at the same time. They're proud of their stuff, and they're afraid that someone will take it away from them. It's a spirit of pride and a spirit of poverty at the same time. Pride says that stuff comes from ourselves. And let me say, tell you how mask it masks it. It masks it by saying, It comes from hard work. Let me just let you know, you can plow the field all day. If it doesn't rain, you're not getting any crops. And God does want us to work hard, but we still look to God for our provision. So pride says it comes from ourselves. Poverty, spirit of poverty says stuff comes from the devil. All stuff's bad. Anybody has stuff, bad person. That's what poverty says. And you should never have anything nice, and God wouldn't want you to have anything nice. It's just amazing. But here's my point. The focus is still on stuff. It's not on God. Uh, The spirit of pride tries to get people to think we paid more for things than we did. You ever exaggerated? I know you don't want to admit it because you're in church. You're afraid of a lightning strike, but you you have. the, The spirit of poverty, and most of us would probably be more affected by the spirit of poverty than pride. Most of us would. But most of us, the spirit of poverty tries to get people to think we paid less than what we did. We wouldn't want them to think we paid that much because they might think bad of us. It's like someone saying, you know, how, how much is that car? That car you have, how much do you pay for that car? And let's just say you paid thirty-nine-nine. all right? Pride says, uh, they're in the 40s. Some are in the 50s. Poverty says, uh, they're just in the 30s. They're just in the 30s, just in the 30s. Okay, whatever happened to telling the truth? <laughs> 39.9 that's what I paid for the car. Why, why do you have to make someone think you paid more or you paid less? Again, the focus is simply on stuff. Pride says, I deserve more. Poverty says, I should feel guilty. Let me, let me again, give you some uh, examples, all right? Someone says, boy, you sure have a nice house. Pride says, well, we were going to build a bigger one. But, you know, the kids are gone now, and we don't need that space, and so we, we kind of downsized. Well, we could have built a bigger one. That's what you're really saying. Poverty says, it was a foreclosure. <laughs> we, we got a great deal. We, we didn't pay very much at all for this house. It's just, you know. Okay. Gratitude says, thank you. Thank you. That's it. That's all you have to say. You don't have to justify your purchases to anyone except God. If God's okay with it, and you're a generous person, and you tithe, and you live below your means and you're a good steward, God's okay with it. As a matter of fact, let me just tell you something will happen. If you live below your means and you tithe and you're a generous person and you're a good steward, here, there's, there is a problem according to the Bible that will happen. God will bless you. And you'll get more stuff. And you'll have to be a good steward of it and you'll have to be generous and you'll have to tithe more. You know, uh, uh, John Maxwell, many of you know, wrote these leadership books when well, he used to be pastor of Skyline Church. And uh, a guy came to him one time and said, Pastor, you need to pray for me. He said, why? He said, well, I used to make $500 a week, and I tithe $50 a week. Now I make $5,000 a week, and it's hard to tithe $500. Would you pray for me? John said, yes. And he said, let's kneel right here. They knelt down. He said, Lord, please let him make $500 a week again so he can tithe. (laughs) So even when God blesses you, you still have to do the things that got you there. Someone says to you, that is a nice suit you have on. Pride says, it's tailor-made. Poverty says, it's half price. Gratitude says, thank you. Pride says, that's a nice car. I mean, uh, someone says, that's a nice car. Pride says, I have three of them. Poverty says, it's a company car. You know, I wouldn't spend this much on a car. Gratitude says, thank you. Pride always compares itself to others. Poverty always compares itself to others. Gratitude compares itself to God. Here's what gratitude does. Gratitude looks at what I've done for God, which is nothing, and what God has done for me, which is everything, and says thank you. That's what gratitude does. Uh, A few years ago, um, every now and then we give miracle offerings. And uh, I even prayed about whether to do a miracle offering at the end of the the blessed life series that i just did and uh, prayed with the elders about it and we didn't feel like we were supposed to do it and part of the reason was we really didn't want anyone to feel like that i was preaching it for that purpose we just wanted you to know i wanted every person in the church to know i am preaching this for your good i promise before god i'm preaching it for your good and i do believe in giving them but a few years ago um We had a miracle offering, and many of you that have been here, we've had miracle offerings through, and the miracle is what happens in our hearts. But we ask people to give, and so Debbie and I gave a large amount. And uh, the next day in worship, all this happened in a matter of a few seconds, and you know how this happens. God can just download in a matter of a few seconds. Pride and poverty attacked me at the same time. I'm standing in church, and pride said, well, you gave a lot of money. You gave a lot of money in this miracle offering. Poverty said... Well, I wouldn't want anyone to know how much I gave because that means that I have a lot, you know. If someone, you know, you, and you, you know, preachers, you know, are supposed to be poor, you know, so, you know. And I was sitting there, you know, feeling, okay, I gave a lot, I ought to feel good. I gave a lot, I ought to feel bad. Right there. And the Lord spoke to me something that was kind of humorous. But um, I used to travel and speak, you know, full time in revivals and crusades and things like that. And I used to, every night I'd have an icebreaker. You know, just kind of something fun to say at first. And I used to, this is what I'd do. I used to have this one. I'd say, how many of you would rather be here than in jail? And I'd say, I just want to keep you grateful for where you are. I remember one night I said, how many of you would rather be here than in jail? This guy down here said, I would. And I found out he just got out. So, okay. anyway, I'm sitting there and pride is attacking me and poverty is attacking me. And the Lord said to me, hey, Would you rather be here than in jail? (laughs) And really, that's not that funny to me. Because most of you know how bad my past is. And I thought, you know what? Thank you that I was able to give that much money. Thank you, Lord, because it all came from you. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? I know I do this every week. But I really think it's important. Take a moment and say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? Is there any foothold or stronghold that greed has in your life? Have you been focusing on your stuff or someone else's stuff? Do you feel prideful about your stuff? And most of us probably don't, but there are probably some here and many here that feel ashamed. Don't let pride or poverty attack you. Just be grateful. Be a good steward and be generous. We want to pray for you. No matter which campus you're attending or if you're in an overflow room, we want to pray for you. We're going to have people in just a moment at the front of every campus and at the front of the overflow rooms. And if you need prayer for any area of your life, we want to pray for you. This is what church is for. You're not a bad person because you need prayer. We all need prayer. You don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer, and you're going to see other people coming. Please don't be embarrassed. All right. If if, if you need prayer in any area of your life, and it might not be anything that I preached on. Maybe you need to give your life to God or give your life back to God. Maybe you've got a problem in your health right now or your finances or relationships, or marriage, or family. If you need prayer for any area at all, as soon as we stand up, I want you to just stand up and step out and come, and let us pray for you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that needs any prayer at all of our campuses, in Jesus' name, amen.